Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Friday, July 22nd, 2022. That's a lot of twos. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, what to expect over the next couple of weeks on Capitol Hill. Number two, the main takeaways from last night's January 6th primetime hearing. And number three, we've got some news on the political ad front. All right, Jake, we have been in a totally crazy period of uh, action on Capitol Hill. It is not slowing down anytime soon. Uh, We've been talking about how August is no longer August anymore. Let's walk through how we see the next few weeks shaping up. Yeah, so you're right. Uh, 722-22 is a lot of 22s. <laughs> right? I mean... Uh, you know, Jay-Z had a song, 22 twos, um, but whatever. We don't need to talk about that right now. If only we could have the overlay, Pat. You could just overlay that tune right there. It would really bring us to the next level of this podcast. It was Unreasonable Doubt. Great album. Um, okay, well, we, let's move on from my, uh, hist- my, my knowledge of early 1990s rap and talk about Congress. Um... <laughs> So, okay, yeah, like, I I have been kind of in the last couple days thinking about just how uh, messy the calendar is Um, uh, and and just, like, how much needs to get done over the next couple of weeks. And the linchpin of this all is the Senate at the moment. So, you know, remember, the Senate is supposed to leave for the summer August 5th. And the House is supposed to be gone from July 29th to September 13th. And we're not putting out any additions for the next like 55 days, right? I mean, we don't have a congressional schedule. We will be putting out additions. If, if only 46 days off, man. That's a pretty good uh, ready do, to just go would, to the beach, take the summer I'd off. Be on, you know? I'd be on fish tour for the next couple of weeks if I had 46 days off. Well, I'm not sure about that. But um, so... Um, Okay, so the Senate comes in on Monday, so that's, uh, you know, Monday night, and they'll try to, um, they will try to get cloture on the Chips Plus bill, Um, and, uh, and then that, so that is that semiconductor bill, Um, and they'll try to move to final passage Tuesday or Wednesday, depending on how cooperative everybody is, Uh, so... That will take up, let's say, the first couple of days of next week. Then we we reported yesterday, uh, sometime yesterday, I think in the midday edition. I'm not entirely sure that the um, that the Senate Democratic leadership was considering this marriage bill, and um, that would be that would take several days. Um, we don't know if there are ten Republicans, although. Um, it's creeping up there. Ron Johnson. Seems like it. Yeah. Yeah. Ron Johnson said he would be for it. Uh, I, Brez, myself, and Heather Cagle uh, got to 10 that we think um, in the gallery yesterday when we were chatting about it. Like I could I could get to 10 or 12 um, uh, depending on how depending on how charitable we're being kind of on who might vote yes, who might vote no. So. Anyway, that's a side note. Then the Senate has to vote on uh, Sweden, Sweden and Finland's request to join NATO. This should be relatively quick. Very few people are opposed. And then, so that's like next week. Or that's that also a ble- lot. Like that's a lot of stuff. Right but that there. also could I mean, bleed in. Uh, yeah, I think that could bleed into the following week. Uh, and so, 
And then you have reconciliation. So reminder, a few things. Number one, we haven't seen a reconciliation bill. Like we've not laid eyes on a draft on a, we know what it's generally going to look like. Um, we've not laid eyes on this. Um, it's still being vetted by the parliamentarian. And um, once it's out and once it hits the floor, it takes at least a week to get through the Senate, at least a week. Um, so that's the Senate. Any comments on the Senate before we move to the House? <laughs> I have a lot of comments on the Senate, but I just think what you're talking about is at least two more weeks of work at the, you know, minimum. Charitably, right. And I think I'll just leave it here because it's Friday and everybody wants to get to the, the weekend, which is, you know, we always take the over, right? I mean, it's never as the, the, the minimum amount of time, even when Congress wants to get done with things. This is at least two, if not three weeks of work you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, could be, yeah, right. Okay, so then you move to the House. The House has to wait on the chips bill and the reconciliation bill. So, and remember, the House could um, theoretically just kind of um, uh, move bills in a day or two. So there's not the rules that the Senate has. Um, and, uh, you know... Uh, it will take a little bit longer only because Pelosi only has a couple seat majority, a four seat majority. Um, uh, and they also have uh, they're considering a bunch of police bills. They are considering the assault weapons ban next week. I would say the likelihood is for the Senate, if the House or for the House, rather, if the Senate passes this chips bill next week, they kick it over to the House. The House passes it next week and then they split and come back if and when reconciliation is done now, but also next week, they'll probably do assault weapons and the police bill. But um, by August 9th, August 9th, there's a, a special election in Minnesota. And if Republicans win, as we expect, they will. The margin, Pelosi's margin, Speaker Nancy Pelosi's margin will dip to three seats. So <laughs> it's kind of they got to razor you know, thin. Time is of the essence here. Um and so that's that's the the next couple weeks here, uh, and that's really tricky, Anna. Buckle up. We'll be here just giving you the, the insights every morning and three times a day in our newsletters because there's going to be a lot happening. Let's move on, Jake, to the number two story of the morning. The January 6th Select Committee painted a striking portrait of an indifferent Donald Trump, during Thursday night's primetime hearing, the former president sat fuming in the private dining room of the West Wing, rejecting pleas from top aides and family members to reign in a violent mob of his supporters as they attacked the Capitol. Trump uh, was still fixated, Jake, on how he could overturn an election that he'd lost weeks before. Uh, what were your kind of, I mean, we've been talking about these hearings uh, and kind of how they've been painting such a stark picture really getting on the inside putting it in the, the the what was happening in the own their own words you know the staffers the people that were closest to Trump about just kind of his mental state what he was focused on what are your what, what's your couple of takeaways uh, well, a few things to think about number one the committee has now officially said they're going to um, do hearings in September this is something we've reported uh, and now um, now it's gonna happen that's number one. Number two, um, the the committee just painted this picture of an indifferent Trump, and um, 
uh, although it was it was a powerful hearing. I mean, I was I was uh, taken aback by some of the footage of the attack on the Capitol, as I am every single time I watch these hearings, uh, having been you know there on January sixth. Um, it was just it was just more and more Trump people saying just expressing exasperation, trying to get him to tamp down the mob. He's unwilling to, trying to get him to make a statement. He's unwilling to. They had footage of the president, the former president, unwilling to say the election had ended. Um, and it's just it's just a complete and utter embarrassment for the the Trump the former Trump administration, this entire thing. So um I you know, I I, uh, that's kind of my takeaway here. I mean, Elaine Luria, a Democrat of Virginia, and Adam Kinzinger led the hearing. Sarah Matthews and Matt Pottinger were the two witnesses. Uh, they were less important to the substance of the hearing than previous witnesses. They were almost like character witnesses against Trump and explaining why on January 6th and January 7th, you know, kind of, they had, um, uh, quit the White House and left. Um, they One interesting nugget, Anna, is that the, the, the committee announced, or Zoe Lofgren told our Christian Hall, who was working the late shift for us in the Capitol, and we appreciate Christian's, uh, Christian's hard work on that issue, um, that he, he, so Lofgren said that several Secret Service agents had gotten private counsel to testify about the incident with Trump in the limo. Now, the the um, the committee had a U.S., uh, sorry, a D.C. police officer last night kind of indicate that they had similar information. He, he had similar information. He knew that the president was agitated. He didn't have he didn't know uh, that the um, that the committee that he didn't know about any that about Trump lunging, you know, at, at any agent. But I it was interesting because Lofgren said it was it was unusual that the Secret Service agents hired private lawyers to testify to the committee. So um, another one other interesting thing, then I'll kick it to you. Two other interesting things. Number one, um, the select committee had uh, had had testimony from somebody who suggested who said that the U.S. that Secret Service agents on Mike Pence's detail asked to say goodbye to their families. That's how worried they were, which is just stunning to me because, you know, where we sit in the Capitol uh, is just, you know, less than a minute walk from where, where less than, I mean, it depends how quick you're walking, I guess, but, but very close to where Pence was. Number two, someone took video of Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell on the phone with the National Security Apparatus, Defense Secretary, and other national security officials about when they could gavel back into session. I was shocked by that. Uh, just absolutely shocked. All right, let's move on to the number three story of the morning. We've got some news on the campaign front. The Congressional Leadership Fund, the House Republican Super PAC, reported a $5 million contribution from Miriam Adelson. She is the widow of Sheldon Adelson, the late casino magnet and GOP mega donor. This disclosure came in a pre-primary report that CLF filed, and wowzer Jake, 
Senator Mark Kelly, Democrat from Arizona, reported raising $1.67 million between July 1st and July 13th. He has a stunning $24.7 million in the bank. Yeah, not bad for Mark Kelly, who's uh, uh, the incumbent, although short-lived incumbent, meaning he just got elected uh, and has to run again two years later. Um, and, uh, yes, the, uh, it is, it is a stunning haul and, uh, just, a- I mean, 1.67 million in two weeks. W- wild. Wow. Campaign <laughs> fundraising really has kicked up a notch. I feel like you and I have been covering this for a very long time, but this cycle, uh, I rarely feel like I can be surprised, but, uh, the, the amount of money people are raising is just bonkers. To- <laughs> <laughs> On that note. Happy Friday, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Leave us a rating and review. You can also subscribe to our free morning newsletter, Punchbowl News AM at punchbowl.news. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. Stay safe.